0: Some of you may recall that during my first decade here at Christ Church, Tom filled in for me for about a month each summer so I could get away with my family. In those days, I was very much a one-man band kind of operation and needed pastoral relief. Tom loved New York and always relished this opportunity. I met Tom through a mutual friend almost 40 years ago now, when I was in my uh, late 20s. And though he was more than 20 years my senior, he we took an instant liking to each other, and I have valued our friendship and mentorship in a variety of ways over the decades, important ways. Recently I felt the pastoral urge To visit him since now at the age of 87, he has become extremely frail and homebound. We had a good visit. It was poignant and nostalgic and bittersweet. Now, Tom happened to be friends with Nell Harper Lee. They grew up within 10 miles of each other. She was just one year older than he. So he was very familiar with the cultural historical context of her famous novel and the malignant racism. And as it happens, Nell Harper was also a friend of Christ's church, which I found out through Tom. Many of her adult years were spent here in New York City, where she lived a secluded life, but having been raised a Methodist from time to time, she would slip into a back pew here after the service had started and slip away before it ended. Through time, I had the opportunity to spend time with Nell Harper. And she was a guest in my home on a number of occasions. Back in Monroeville, Tom often became her public face because she Refused to be interviewed, give speeches, or otherwise consent to any exposure whatsoever. Harper was militantly reclusive and private. In terms of Tom's lifetime portfolio, this was but one small aspect, one small chapter. He has tracked a colorful life arc that involved many adventures, and a couple of misadventures, too, that has always been characterized by compassionate regard for absolutely everyone who crossed his path. He is highly unusual in this way. Completely nonjudgmental. Always at the ready to intervene in crises of every sort. I know that at least on two occasions he removed the gun from the hand of a potential suicide. Do you have someone in your life that you could trust with your life no matter what, no matter the circumstance? Someone who would stand with you immediately without hesitation regardless of what you may have done? Tom's that person. Tom is that person. He grew up dirt poor. He'd say his father was a dirt farmer. Of course, he'd be quick to add that as a child, everyone was poor in his, in his vicinity, so they didn't have perspective on their poverty. On the other hand, he also knew that there were others far worse off, the separated African Americans who were severely boundaried and set apart in that region of our nation in those days. During my visit this last week, Tom was in something of a reminiscent frame of mind, and I had the opportunity to quiz him about certain aspects of his life story that I was still filling in the blanks. For instance, his early advocacy of racial justice. He told me he doesn't really know how he came to that, but as a child he recognized that how black folks were treated wasn't right. It was completely obvious to him, though he was frequently told by the adults around him that he'd, he'd understand one day once he grew up course, he never did come to see things the way the majority did, and this got him into trouble once in a while. For instance, after returning from graduate studies in Chicago and receiving his first appointment, at an official appointment, that is, at a church in Mobile, he was in his mid-twenties, I think he said. He was told by the church leadership he wasn't wanted there because he was known to have been tainted by exposure to northern liberals. His reputation preceded him. He was an integrationist and probably a communist, too. Tom chose to go there anyway, and shortly after he arrived, three laymen came to his office to tell him that on the third Sunday of September... The local chapter of the Ku Klux Klan would show up in worship in full regalia wearing their hoods. They would enter in procession, and a collection would be taken and placed on the altar which the church would make available to the Klan. Tom quietly responded that he could not prevent them from coming to church since it was open to everyone, but if they did show up and take a collection, As they marched back out, Tom would throw the money out the window. They did not come that Sunday, but not so long after, Tom was awakened one night to the sight of a large cross burning on the lawn of the church. The following night, another cross was burning on his own front lawn, he had been formally marked. Midway through his five-year tenure at that church, a clansman arrived at his home wielding a long knife to kill him. Several other clansmen yanked him away before he could engage with Tom. Sometime later, this perpetrator had a life-threatening illness, and Tom, with a twinkle in his eye, told me, He visited him every day at the hospital. (laughs) Before Tom left that church for good, that man came to apologize, saying how sorry he was for threatening Tom's life. Now it occurs to me that, even as I was putting this story down, It occurs to me that there is a whole lot of challenging mentoring in this short story I just told you. I suggest you find my message today online and reread that short story and then hold it up to your own life and take stock of what you see. Unlike the vast majority of his fellow white clergymen, Tom supported the famous bus boycott in Montgomery. Shortly thereafter, spent a day with Martin Luther King and eventually walked in the Selma marches. What has been so uncanny to me is how matter-of-fact Tom was and is about all of this. He simply knew the truly Christ-like perspective on these matters, despite the malignancy of majority opinion in those days. The call was for love of neighbor, period. All neighbors, all neighbors, all of them children of God, having been created in God's image, everyone of equal value. For Tom, that was as obvious as the sky was blue on a clear day. We all know the church has, at best, an extremely checkered history on these matters. Likely, most of those clansmen were churchgoers. And a good number of them, members of Tom's congregation. Otherwise, they wouldn't have had the tradition of showing up every year on the third Sunday of September to take up a collection. Sometimes Christians get this Jesus thing really wrong. Terribly wrong. And then they become righteous in their wrongness. The thing about Tom is that he'd love you and work with you whether you were right or wrong. All the while maintaining clarity about where, he, where and how he stood with Jesus. That is a stunningly rare character in our culture today. He's been my teacher in these matters. The passage Violet read earlier from John comes during the last night Jesus was with his friends. The night of what we call the Last Supper. We rehearsed that in here on Thursday before Easter. We cleared out the pews. We set this up like a refectory and shared a light meal as we told the story. And among the things we heard that night was how Jesus washed his disciples' feet and gave them a new commandment that they were to love one another as he had loved them. That passage comes just before the one you heard today. I give you a new commandment that you are to love one another as I have loved you. In other words, disciples, good friends, follow the pattern I've lived and taught among you. Scholars say that what then follows in the story, some of which we heard today, is Jesus' so-called final discourse, his last teaching before he's betrayed and sentenced to death. We could think of it like final instructions and admonitions. And among the things he tells them is that they are about to accomplish more than even he, Jesus, has managed. Those who trust me, trust the God I adore and follow after my path. They will do, quote, even greater things, unquote. And that's sort of astonishing, isn't it? Greater works than Jesus? And we ask, well, just what sort of works are we talking about here? And the answer is found in that new commandment. That we're supposed to love, like he did. And you know, lo and behold, sometimes, every once in a while, people do. Sometimes they step up to the plate. Sometimes they are stronger and bolder than they thought they could be. Sometimes they are a whale of a lot more generous than they thought they could be, recognizing that everything they have is a gift. Sometimes they get in trouble for loving so Well, sometimes...